Okay, hopefully I can be heard. Yes, okay. We are back on the air. Thank God. Okay. I'm getting a lot of praise gods and thank you lords on my screen. This is Brother Alan Weir, the host of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And you are finally tuned in. Um, we did have some technical difficulties, and I appreciate being walked through them by my brother Jamie Schock and my wife Nicole. But I praise God that we are finally back on the air. And I have no doubt that some of what was experienced tonight was similar to what was experienced last week. We had a very dear brother by the name of Jerron Wilkins who was sharing his testimony and what the Lord had done for him, delivering him from a wayward life. And he finally recommitted his life back to the Lord. But prior to his coming on the air, we were experiencing tremendous technical difficulties and we had all united in prayer and made up our minds we were not going to leave the air until we heard this young man's story and sure enough we united in prayer and claimed the victory and the technical difficulties were resolved and this young man told his story about how he returned back to the faith it wasn't until Several days later, when I received word by many, many people who had heard the broadcast that they were tremendously blessed by his testimony. And so I thank God that these technical difficulties have been resolved. But I am going to repeat what I had said earlier under the assumption that it was not heard on the air. I had mentioned earlier that we have numerous listeners in far-off locations, not just in New York. We have regular listeners in New York. But we also have listeners in Michigan, Pennsylvania, California, Virginia. And according to what we had seen, there are also listeners in Brazil, Japan, and South Africa. And many of these listeners may be the parents or guardians of prodigal sons and daughters. And it's my prayer that what is said here this evening, what's shared here by myself or anybody else who may call in, is a blessing to you. And some of these listeners in these locations may be tuning in live. There is a time difference in some of these locations, or they may be listening through the downloaded recordings at a later time that is more convenient for them. Either way, I pray that what is said here is salt and light and edifying to the hearer and a blessing to all of you, that it strengthens you as you wait for the return of your prodigal to come back to the faith. But I do want to say a prayer again for the fact that we're back on the air. Please join me in a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this podcast. And I thank you, Lord, that 
Whatever difficulty with experience technically has been resolved, Lord, I have no doubt, we have no doubt, that perhaps something that's going to be shared is going to be a strength and a comfort and encouragement to somebody who's listening. This is also a time of prayer and supplication and petition. We have several petitions to bring to you, Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. And Lord, I have no doubt that the enemy doesn't want these petitions to be lifted up to you. But now, Lord, that the path has been cleared and you've intervened, we will continue with the mission set forth. Encouragement, strengthening, and edification of the brethren. Ironing, sharpening iron. And the sharing of scripture and insights, as well as testimonies. And then ultimately, the lifting up in prayer of these requests, which are being brought before you, for the individuals that we are going to bring to you. We thank you for the triumph of the heavenly angels. And we thank you, Lord, for what's going to be shared in this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. The devotional that I was going to share, that I am going to share, actually, in tonight's podcast, is entitled, The Fortress of God's Faithfulness. The Fortress of God's Faithfulness. And our text is found in Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. And I will give you a moment to find that text in your Bibles. You know, in the first century, and even in the time of the Old Testament, most crimes were committed outside city walls. And the victims were usually travelers who were visiting relatives merchants with valuables, or religious pilgrims who were traveling to observe a holy day. It didn't matter if you were a woman with children, or a family unit, or even a small group, everyone was fair game for robbers or bandits who would usually kill everyone involved. And there was no law enforcement, nor there were any authorities to call on. So if you took a journey, you did so at tremendous risk to yourself and the people who were with you. And you were at the mercy of the bandits and the thieves, or the wild animals, or even the elements, the freezing cold at night, or the scorching heat in the day. But once you were within the city walls of the destination you were going towards, you were for the most part safe. Let's keep that in mind as we read our text. Again, Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. And now I'm going to read 
From the New American Standard, I'd like to read several versions to provide a different insight or different perspective. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up walls and ramparts for security. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The one that remains faithful, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. You know, the book of Isaiah, for the most part in general, is God's call through the prophet Isaiah for the nation of Israel to return to him in repentance and turn from sin. But this particular chapter, chapter 26, is a chapter of praise to God and an admonishment to trust him in difficult time. And as believers, our text reminds us of how necessary it is for us to seek the safety, security, and stability of the city of God, and that is God's presence. And verse 1 reminds us that we're surrounded by walls and ramparts of God's presence. And these gates that we're supposed to enter are open to us, but we have to enter them and abide and remain there. And we can only reap the benefits of experiencing his presence, his protection, his peace, and his promise by doing what is prescribed in verses 3 through 4. When we think about our prodigals and our concern and our anxiety for them, these verses should encourage us and strengthen us to look to the Lord, especially in those times when our faith begins to falter and the enemy whispers in our ears that God's not going to answer our prayers, our prodigals too far for salvation. And the enemy tries to steal our sleep in the evening, rob us of our peace, and make us compromise our trust in God's promise to save them. But I think we should unpack and examine the conditions and the promise in our text. Now in the Hebrew, like in Greek, especially grammatically, the condition usually, if not always, comes before the promise. Now, this isn't a coincidence. God wants us to understand what he expects of us if we are to be in alignment with him and be blessed by him. For example, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First the condition that whosoever believes in him, and then the promise, will have everlasting life. Or last week our text was John chapter 11 verse 40, regarding the raising of Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus told Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? The condition first that we believe, the promise, 
we will see the glory of God. And so if we look at these verses in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the condition always comes first, and then the promise. In verse 3 we read, Thou wilt keep in perfect peace. That phrase, thou wilt keep, in the Hebrew, the word is natsar, natsar, and that word means to be faithful in guarding and watching over. It's the picture of a watchman on a wall who can be trusted not to leave his post, but to make sure everything is in safety and secure. And that word peace, thou will keep in perfect peace. Of course, we all know the word shalom, meaning peace. But it means more than that. It means completeness, a sense of well-being, to be at complete and total rest, total and complete and uncompromising tranquility. In fact, in the Hebrew text, that word perfect is not even in the text. It was added on in the English Bible. And there's a reason for that. It's because no explanation is needed. God's peace is perfect. It isn't partial or limited. It's total tranquility and rest from whatever is upsetting or troubling us. But now here comes the condition to experiencing this state of rest and tranquility in anxious times, whose mind is stayed on thee. And the Hebrew word for stayed, as in the phrase, mind is stayed on thee, is the word samak, samak. It means to lean on for support. It doesn't just mean to keep alive, to sustain. It also means giving emotional and physical support. It means to keep something alive to the point where it's beginning to thrive. But there's an even deeper meaning for Samak. When we read, Thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, that word Samak also means to lay the hands on the head of a sacrifice as it's presented to God. And so in order for us to have the complete tranquility, rest, and contentment that God promises to us in difficult times, we need to present to God our minds, our anxious thoughts, laying all before him and to his care. And then we read in the latter part of verse 3, because he trusts in you. And the Hebrew word for trust is batach. In fact, there are several Hebrew words for trust. But the word that is used here is batach. It literally means to throw yourself down, completely face down, as in complete submission and surrender. And to a certain degree, when we confess that we are completely trusting God, that is a form of worship, as we fall on our faces, completely submitting to him and committing to him everything and all circumstances that are troubling us. In verse 4, we read, Trust in the Lord. And there we see the word batach again. 
to throw yourself down in complete surrender. And the latter part of verse 4 says, For in the Lord Yahweh is everlasting strength. And that word strength in the Hebrew is tsur, tsur. It means a rock, but not just any rock, a rock that is unmovable. There are different words for rock in the Hebrew. One such word is the word selah, selah. And there is another word for rock, even, even. But these two words stand for smaller stones. The word sewer stands for a rock that is the hardest, the heaviest, the most impregnable, and cannot be moved. And so the peace of God that we rely on for our difficult circumstances is a peace that can be ours, but only if we present our minds to the Lord, our circumstances, a complete, total, and absolute surrender to Him. And as we commit our prodigal sons and daughters to the Lord, He'll bless us with His peace that passes all understanding. You know, during the course of a busy day, many of us are involved in work or other activities. Evening, nighttime, is when our thoughts usually come to the forefront when the day is behind us. And we may think about our prodigals and wonder when they're going to come to a saving knowledge of Christ, when they're going to get saved. And at times we may have the enemy whisper again in our ears that you've prayed long, nothing is changing. You've prayed for an extended period of time. They're no closer to coming to Christ than they were a while back. Give up on them. Move on to someone else. They're beyond salvation. And we become anxious and we worry we begin to doubt God's goodness and his faithfulness to his promise. But these are lies of the enemy. We need to continue to place our complete confidence in the promise of God. He will save yours and mine, our prodigal sons and daughters. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen the day after. It may take several years. But we need to commit our prodigals to our Heavenly Father to do whatever needs to be done in whatever way it needs to be done in however long it takes. And so as we keep our minds committed to the Lord and present our requests to Him, as long as we stay focused on His promise and His faithfulness, His peace will guard our minds and our hearts. And I thank God for that. There have been many times when I myself have been troubled by anxious thoughts. And I need to refocus my thoughts back on the Lord and his faithfulness. And God's peace comes upon me. And I'm renewed in strength and encouragement that he will bring to pass what we all pray for. The salvation and deliverance of our prodigal sons and daughters. 
Well, I would like to say we've reached the halfway mark of our program, but we're way beyond that. But we are definitely going to go beyond the 8 o'clock mark because we do have prayer requests that we need to honor and bring before the throne of grace. So we are going to take a musical interlude break. And when we come back, we are going to enter spiritual warfare in prayer and intercession for the prayer requests that I will mention on the air. And I hope you will join me as we unite in prayer and spiritual battle and warfare for these requests that have been brought before us. So following this musical interlude, we will be right back. Prince of Peace oh. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Above his name there is no other name The one who is eternally the same There is no other name The first and last beginning and the end He was the king who made the common man his friend. There is no other name. Let every tongue proclaim and sing the name of Jesus. Magnify and praise the name of Jesus. No
Okay, we are back on the air with the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And we are definitely going to go beyond the 8 o'clock mark because we have several prayer petitions that we need to bring before the Lord. And I've said before in several podcasts previous that the rapture is the next biblical event prophetically to take place. It could happen before this podcast is over. We want to see our prodigals saved. We want to see our prodigal sons and daughters come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The scripture makes it very clear that following the rapture, there's going to come a terrible time, a period of time called the Great Tribulation, when the world will be deceived by an evil entity, the Antichrist, a trinity of evil, Satan, the Antichrist, and false prophet. And during this time, the world will be deceived, and God's judgments will be poured forth on an unrepentant world. But before that happens, the scripture makes it very clear that the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And we will be raptured in the twinkling of an eye to meet the Lord in the air, removed from this world before all this takes place. And we want our prodigals to be a part of that. And so we unite in prayer for their salvation and their deliverance. And so we have several requests that we are beginning, that we are going to bring before the Lord. The first, of course, is for Edgar, who is the adult son of a beloved brother and sister from our local church, Sole Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown. And Edgar is living what was described as an immoral lifestyle. Especially he is doing this in front of his young daughter. And so we need to pray for his salvation and deliverance and God opening up his eyes to the truth of the gospel and deliverance from the enemy's camp. We have another request from a father who's asking for prayers for his daughter, Angela. And she is described as very troubled and on a destructive path. And the father says that he is completely drained, as well as the other family members, with regards to this situation. And dad is convinced that this is an attack from the enemy, and he desperately needs and asks prayers to the Lord, so that his daughter can be set free and delivered let the entire family be blessed and all delivered from this satanic attack. And then we have another prayer request from our brother Alex from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. A prayer for all the men who unfortunately have abandoned their role and responsibilities as fathers and to return back into alignment with the Lord and return home to their families with renewed purpose so that they fulfill their obligations as priests in their home. 
And so if you're listening to this podcast, please join me. Unite with me in prayer for these requests. Put on the whole armor of God at this moment as we enter not just into petition, supplication, and intercession, but also warfare to rescue these individuals from the enemy's camp. Join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord God. And again, we ask you, we thank you for resolving the technical difficulties that were troubling this podcast earlier, Lord, that they were resolved and that we can bring before you these petitions. The enemy does not want us to pray for these situations, Lord. And we thank you for divine intervention in resolving these technical difficulties so we can come before the throne of grace united in prayer for these needs. We lift up in prayer, Edgar, Lord God, this young man who has a young daughter whom the enemy has deceived into living this immoral lifestyle, Lord. The enemy may have him believe that this lifestyle is enjoyable, and that he's benefiting from it. But Lord, we pray that you give him no rest, that you trouble his spirit day and night and awaken him to the truth of the gospel. You have your own way and your own time of doing it, Lord. It could be through a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, a stranger who's a believer. Maybe he'll find a gospel track on the ground. Maybe someone will give him a track. Whatever way you need to do it, Lord, we commit Edgar into your hands. He belongs to you, Lord God. We are claiming him under the blood of Christ. We ask for, first and foremost, his deliverance from this lifestyle. Deliver him from the enemy camp. Rescue him from this immoral lifestyle. Open up his eyes to the truth, Lord God. If his heart is hardened, soften it. If his eyes are closed, open them. And do all this so that he'll open up his mouth and confess you as Lord and Savior, humbling himself before you, Lord. And as we rebuke the power of the enemy, and we claim Edgar for you, Lord Jesus. As a prodigal, we pray that you return him back to the family of God. Bring him to the foot of the cross, Lord God. If a Damascus Road experience is necessary, let it be so, Lord God. You know what it will take to bring Edgar to salvation. Break any stubborn spirit. Deliver the hold of the enemy. Rescue him from the chains that bind him, Lord God. The chains of deception. The chains of any addiction to the immoral lifestyle. And Lord God, bless his daughter. Protect her and keep her, Heavenly Father. We pray for regular salvation and we thank you for it, Lord God. <coughs> Excuse me. We just thank you for her salvation, Lord God. We praise you, Heavenly Father. It may happen tomorrow, it may happen a year from now, but it will happen. And we thank you, Heavenly Father. And we speak to the powers of darkness that they cannot have Edgar. He is God's child, and we claim him for Christ, and he is under the covering and the blood. 
We lift up Angela, Heavenly Father, this young lady, Lord God. Lord, you see what's troubling her and the destructive path that she's on, Heavenly Father. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of it is death. Lord, we pray that you deliver Angela from this destructive path that she is on. Lord, you know the details. You know where Angela is, what she's doing, who she is with, the company she's keeping, the thoughts she is thinking. I pray that you deliver her from any and all bonds that have her tied to this destructive life, Lord God. Heal her mind, heal her spirit. We pray for her deliverance and salvation, Lord God. We enter into warfare against the evil spirits, the demons that have her bound. This is spiritual warfare, Heavenly Father. And we rebuke the power of the enemy in Angela's life that has her bound to this destructive path. Whatever path it is, Lord God, get her off of the wide path and put her on the narrow path that leads to salvation. Do what it takes, Lord God. That's a scary prayer to pray, but it's the best prayer to pray. Do what is necessary. Do what it takes to save Angela and deliver her, save her, fill her with your spirit. Let the gospel message get to her in whatever way it needs to be, Lord God. Convict her of her sin. Open up her eyes and her mind and her heart. Break any stubborn spirit, any hardened heart, soften it. We commit her into your hands, Lord God, her salvation, her deliverance. We thank you, Lord God, for Angela's salvation. We know it will come to pass, Lord God. We commit it into your hands, Lord. I pray for Edgar's parents and for Angela's parents, Lord God. Troubled in spirit and anxious, Heavenly Father, as many of us as parents are for our prodigals. And I pray that you give them all peace, Lord God. These are attacks from the evil one, that we are anxious and troubled and worried about them. The enemy doesn't want us to trust you, doesn't want us to commit our loved ones to you. He wants us to worry and to doubt you. We rebuke these anxious thoughts. We rebuke these doubts. And we confess. And we claim deliverance. We confess trust, complete confidence in your faithfulness and your love. And we just confess right now and believe that you will bring their salvation to pass. Give these parents strength, encouragement, comfort, perseverance, the ability to continue on, to trust you, Lord God. When the enemy whispers in their ear, encourage their hearts, Lord God. The entire family, deliver them from their fears. Deliver these parents and caretakers from any anxious thoughts or any fears that they have. You will answer these prayers. We rebuke the enemy and we confess complete trust in you, Lord God. Lord, we pray for these men, fathers, whoever they are, Lord God, wherever they are. Perhaps fathers who have backslidden 
and have left their homes, perhaps fathers in Christian homes who are neglecting their roles as priests in the home. Lord, we pray that you convict them of what they're doing that's wrong, Lord God. Awaken and quicken their spirits, Heavenly Father. Give them a renewed sense of responsibility. Many of these men are preoccupied with perhaps sports or their careers, Heavenly Father. Maybe they're drifting from the faith. They don't want to read their Bibles. They'd rather go different places and do different things than spend time with their families, leading them in devotions and in family prayer. Convict them of their wrongdoing, Lord God. Make their hearts heavy with guilt and conviction of the error of their ways. And redirect them back to their families, Lord God, so that they have a renewed sense of responsibility and commitment to lead their families on the right path. Make all these men godly men of God, like Gideon's men. Make them warriors for Christ, leading their families in the way of truth. Strengthen their hearts, strengthen their spirits. In the name of Jesus, turn these men, these wayward men, into responsible, committed consecrated, dedicated fathers, husbands, men of God. Fight off the power of the enemy, Lord, that seeks to distract these men. We commit them into your hands. We commit all these prayers, Edgar, Angela, their families, their parents, these wayward husbands and fathers into your hands to answer these prayers and do what's necessary to bring everybody on the right path to salvation and a close walk with you, Lord God. And give the families of these individuals that we're praying for the peace that passes all understanding. We commit all these prayers to you. Bless these family members with peace. But give them a strong sense of your presence and confidence that these prayers are answered. We commit all these things, all these petitions, all these requests to you, Lord God. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name for the answer which is sure to come in your own way, in your own time. But it will come. Amen. Well, we have definitely gone over the one-hour mark, but that's okay. But I hope that what was shared today was an edification to you and a strengthening to you. We have several vehicles, several ways you can send in your prayer requests. You can send in your prayer requests through the parentsofprodigals.us webpage or the Podbean site, sending your prayer requests through there, and we will mention it on the air. Or you can call in your prayer requests during the live podcast or type it in and send it, and we will honor it. If confidentiality and privacy is required, we will respect it. But we look forward to hearing from you. 
We would like to hear your testimonies, your insights. Maybe you'd like to share a scripture. Maybe you would like to share what the Lord has done for you. And so as we come to the conclusion of this podcast, I want to say a closing prayer for us all. Father, I thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you for the listeners, for the resolution of the technical difficulties, for those who are listening close by in New York and those who are listening afar off in the different states of Michigan, California, or other states, in the different countries of Japan and South Africa and Brazil. And Lord, wherever the listeners are, distance is not a problem for you, Lord. Give everyone a strong sense of your presence. Bless all who are listening to this podcast. Parents of wayward sons and daughters, if they're listening. We may not know where our children are or what they're doing, but we commit them to your hands, Lord God. In the meantime, help us to continue to be salt and light before our family members, living lives that are worthy of our calling. Lights before darkness, Lord. Salt in a dying world. Until the next time we come together, Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I thank you for tuning in to this podcast, and we will be back on the air, hopefully with no technical difficulties, next Thursday at 7 p.m. But until then, between now and then, please feel free to send in your prayer requests. And even if we're not on the air, we will pray. We will see your requests and we will lift them up before the throne of grace. And then mention them on the air and pray for them again. We will pray without ceasing for whatever your needs are. So until next Thursday at 7 p.m., I thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Pray without ceasing. And most of all, watch the road. Your prodigal and my prodigal will be on it. God will put them on it. God bless you and good night.